of messages that God has given us for this fall of 2018. We started this series some five weeks ago, and it is entitled, the series is entitled, A Dialogue with God. A Dialogue with God. The first half of this series consists of five questions perhaps we would like to ask God. First sermon, the first question was simply, God, who are you? Exodus chapter 3. Second message, second question was from Martha and Mary, whose brother died and Jesus was not there. <laughs> the question was entitled, God, where were you? How many of you have ever felt that way? As if when you needed him the most, it seems as if he was not there. The third question, the third message of this series was from the book of Habakkuk, looking at all of the craziness that was going on in the world all around him. Habakkuk asked the question, and we posed the question to you. God, what's up with that? And then last week, Hosea, wife, Goma, who was a prostitute who had issues in her life, but yet God still loved her. That question was simply, why would you ever love somebody like me? I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God's love is not like our love. Amen. He loves somebody like me. And now here we are, the fifth message and this fifth question. The text is found in the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 3, verses 10, verse 13, the New King James Version. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it, listen to this, will be burned up. Verse number 11 says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hasten to the coming of the day of the God, which because the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat verse 13 say nevertheless we according to his promise listen to this look for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells and those that love God's word said amen Amen. A dialogue with God. Lift those hands as if we're talking to God. 
Repeat these words after me. This is the subject for this fifth message. As we lift those hands, help me say, God, how will it all end? Amen. How will it all end? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord God. How will it all end? I'm sure all of us at some point in our lives have contemplated this question. The truth of the matter is I, I am sure that all of us at some point we've wondered aloud or privately how will this world eventually end? It will end. It will not last forever. <laughs> Listen, there are so many theories from so many different people. Some of these people are even considered to be experts in their field. Theories such as perhaps one day an asteroid will collide with the earth before you think that is outlandish, you can see perhaps why scientists may have concluded that. Because there have been times in which we've been on close proximity to an asteroid collision. Nobody knew anything about it. There are asteroids out there that are larger than the Earth. And if they collide with the Earth, the Earth as we know it, will no longer exist. Help me tell somebody it will end. This is so important. I don't want you to think that this will never end. <laughs> and then there is another theory that uh, some will say that a worldwide pandemic such as a disease and others will, will swiftly and rapidly come upon the earth and before those with expertise and others in the field of medicine and research can develop a cure that it will wipe out humanity and there will be no more humanity on earth. There are some who strongly believe that. They think that that could be the end of the world as we know it. And then a third one for your consideration. Third theory is a nuclear catastrophe. A nuclear war. And I thought this was interesting, particularly considering the time we're living in and who's in charge of Russia and the United States. And I, I, I read this, Brother Byron, and I was, I was amused. It says, and some, someone wrote this 50 plus years ago, they said a nuclear war started by deranged, egotistical, amoral, unscrupulous world leaders. And I prayed even harder. I said, Lord, that sounds, I won't say it. Mama's shaking her head, said, don't, don't, don't do it, son. That, 
That, that sounds like somebody we know. Amen. Let me read that. Can I read that again? Deranged, egotistical, amoral, unscrupulous world leaders have their fingers on the button. That if you make them mad, they can do something erratic, crazy, without any consultation. Ooh. And there are those who, particularly <laughs> in the times that we're living in, are concerned that perhaps this is how it will all end. But I stop by to tell you that although these are interesting scenarios, interesting theories, but they are just that, theories. <laughs> Fortunately, for those of us who are believers, are there any believers in the house? Yeah. To those of us who believe in the almighty God, let me see you wave your hands. Any believers in the house? Ooh, the Bible gives us a detailed description of how it would all end. <laughs> I could have saved the scientists a whole lot of time. I could have sent them to 2 Peter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Matthew's chapter 24, Revelations chapter 21. But the Bible gives us detailed descriptions of how it would all end. Look at somebody say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And in our text this morning, we have one of those descriptions. In our text this morning, we have a text that was recorded by the Apostle Peter, the first leader of the New Testament church. You know Peter, the one that Jesus says, upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. Gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Peter, the one that Jesus says, and I shall give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. What I like about Peter was that he was not a scholar. He was not a theologian. He was not a man who pontificated a lot. In other words, he didn't have a whole lot of words. When he spoke, he said what he meant and meant what he said, and he got straight to the point. Now, I like Paul, but quite honestly, Paul is pretty deep. Paul is a theologian. I like John. John is a good guy, but, but John gets really theological when he writes, and the word was God, and the word was with God. And I like Matthew, the scholar, who writes the first gospel of the Bible, particularly as he deals with the lineage of David. I like, I like Luke, the physician, who is a great guy. But I really like Peter because Peter spoke to ordinary people. Peter was a fisherman, wasn't a scholar, did not sit at the feet of Gamaliel, did not matriculate to the institutions of, of theology, but he got his from the Lord. And so when Peter says something, he, he writes it so ordinary people can understand. Such is the case of the text that we have this morning. This is the second writing of Peter uh, the second epistle recorded by Peter, uh, first Peter, he writes 
uh, around A.D. 63, prior to Nero's uh, great tribulation on the church. And he warns the church in 1 Peter that hard times are coming. But you've got to trust God. Difficult times are coming. But you've got to put your trust in God. And he warns the church uh, that unscrupulous leaders, even prior to Nero in A.D. 64, was coming. Things would happen. And in between the writings of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, Nero comes up. <laughs> Nero begins to persecute the church. Uh, Paul is martyred. Many of the religious leaders' lives are taken. Nero persecute the church for the entertainment of Roman citizens. Yet Peter knew that his days were numbered. And Peter understood that he was next in line for Nero's persecution. And God touched him and told him, before you leave, you've got to write something for the church. Because I know that believers are a little discouraged because they see all of these bad people in charge. And they see the world uh, seem to be persecuting the church. And Nero seemed to be prospering in all of his wickedness. But Peter, I've got a word for you. I need you to send a word to the church and tell them it's not over until I says it's over. Send a word to the church that Nero is not in charge. That there's somebody who sets up high and looks down low. Can I preach to somebody who may feel a little discouraged right now? Look at somebody and say, battle days are coming by and by. Look at somebody and say, trouble won't last always. How many of you know greater is coming? Peter, right? No, you're not comfortable being a scholar, Peter. <laughs> That's why he only writes a few chapters. Uh, unlike Paul, who was a prolific writer, Peter writes a few chapters that get straight to the point. And so he writes, may I give you the background? He writes this second epistle around A.D. 67. He dies or he's martyred in A.D. 68. It is important between A.D. 63 and 67, Nero slaughters thousands of believers. Peter has witnessed believers being put in the arena, sown in sheep clothing, and wild animals devoured their bodies. Believers have witnessed the beheading of their church leaders. John had been banned to the island of Patmos. Other disciples had lost their life. And the naysayers uh, were telling the believers that this stuff that you hear is not real. That the God you trust is not real. And there's no such thing as Jesus' intimate return. He's not going to return. And so God said to Peter, write this and I want you to first tell them, be aware and be careful of false prophets. Uh, be careful of those who sound good and they shape their own theology. 
We've got to be careful in 2018 because everybody got a church, everybody has a conference, everybody has a word. And now with the emergence of the iPhone, you can be a worldwide evangelist. 10 Facebook friends and you're somebody. Everybody got a word. I don't even listen to it anymore. I just, I turn, tune it off because everybody got a word for everybody. Peter said the, the danger of this, listen to this, is that there is no filter for people's word. And you listen to things that sound good just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's truthful. Or just because somebody calls themselves something or somebody has given themselves a title doesn't mean that they have the anointing. And so uh, Peter said, beware of folk with slick words but immoral lies. Beware of people who talk the talk but don't walk to walk. Beware of folk who preach to you to get your resources but do not love you enough to help you become saved. Uh, Peter said that they are wolves in sheep clothing. First Peter uh, goes on to say they are like dogs who return to their vomit. This is what Peter writes. He says, so I write you this. He tells us in the first chapter of Second Peter that my days are limited. And I know I won't be around long. But I want to tell you, beware of those folk who come, but they're not authentic. Beware of the naysayers who said Jesus will not return. In fact, in verse number three, Peter refers to them as scoffers. He said these, New King James Version said these are scoffers. These are folk that are liars. These are folk that are against the will of God in your life and just because you're going through something doesn't mean that God is not going to keep his promise and yes some of you are going to die a horrific death some of you are going to be martyred for your faith so I want to remind you that this earth is not our home and this earth will not be around forever and even when this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, Paul writes, we've got a building of God. A house not made by hands. Can I preach to somebody that no, even if God doesn't deliver you, God sets you up in a better place. Peter, who would in AD 68, be crucified upside down because he declared he was not worthy to die like Jesus. Peter writes these words in verse 8, but particularly verse 9. In verse 8, Peter tells him, Now I know folks say to you that Jesus hasn't returned yet and he may not ever return. But Peter writes in verse number 8, he says, A day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years with the Lord is like one day in other words don't you worry about when he's to return 
You just wait on him to return. How many of you know that you're waiting on something better? And then Peter writes in verse 9. He writes concerning the scoffers. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. I feel like preaching. How many of you know that if God makes a promise, God will keep his word. He is not slack as others count slackness. But God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. In other words, don't be weary in well-doing. For at the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Courage your neighbor and say, hold your head up high. Keep smiling. And though he slay you, yet you've got to trust. May I preach? Should I preach? Is there anybody who know even in things don't go the way you hoped they would go? You still know how to trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. I like the old church. The old church, Mother Williams, were faithful and they weren't brought up in this prosperity generation. Whole lot of folk now think God has to be your sugar daddy. God's got to be your Santa Claus. But the old church knew that even if God didn't do it, they still would declare God is able. Does the church still say that? Somebody lift your hands and say, God is. God is able. Old mothers would walk by you, Mother, Sister Gloria, Elder Gloria, and they would say, son, be encouraged. See, what I like about the church back then is that they had no assumptions that they would ever be millionaires and billionaires. We've got a whole lot of these lottery hopeful winners who think you're next in line to be a millionaire and a billionaire. Well, I'm about to bust some of y'all bubbles. Some of y'all <laughs> are sadly mistaken. And you won't ever be a millionaire in the night. Pastor, why you say that? We got to speak the word. Yeah, we got to speak the word, but the truth is the truth. And see, I just told the Lord a long time ago, Lord, I'm not serving you because I want to pimp you for a blessing. Am I in the right church? But even if you choose not to ever bless me like I desire, guess what? My praise will still go up. I know how to praise God on a bad day. I know how to praise God broke. I know how to praise God sick. I know how to get my heart ripped in two and still give God my best. Somebody is about to feel something in here. Look at somebody say, you're looking at somebody who knows how to praise God through good times and bad times. And I know how to praise God if I'm up or if I'm down. And if I never come out of this, God is still worthy 
of my praise. So tell the devil to watch this when I think of the good. Is there anybody in the house ever gave God just a praise over, over thinking about how good God is? Don't have to see it. Don't have to ever get there. But I know how to praise God in the valley of the shadow of death. I know how to lift my voice and lift my hands and clap my... Oh, praise ye the Lord. Come on, Zion. Come on. Let me get to the text. So Peter says, I'm going to die. In fact, I know I'm next in line for wicked old Nero, but I don't want you to be confused. This is not it. God's got something better than this, and this world will one day come to an end. And he writes, but the day of the Lord, verse 10 through 12, will come as a thief in the night. Last time I checked, thieves don't email you and give you an appointment. (laughs) Amen, somebody. And he said, the day of the Lord is coming when you least expecting him, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness and good, goodness, looking for and hasting to the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, somebody shout burned up. And everything in it will melt with a fervent heat. And then Peter gets to verse 13. He says, now if the scoffers and the naysayers wanted you to be discouraged, look at first word in verse 13. Never the less. This is going to happen, but never the less. We, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwell. Peter said, I want you to understand something that although this earth is going to melt. There are two other witnesses I've got to leave you with. 
first witness is the apostle Paul. Then the last is John the revelator. Come on, Paul, and testify for Bible way. In case you think that you are going to be a part of the earth that burns, Paul says, no, I've got a word for you. Uh, he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, my brothers and sisters, concerning those who have fallen asleep. <laughs> Can I preach about the saints of old? <laughs> Lest you sorrow <laughs> as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, somebody shout, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, Bishop Andrew Charles Jackson, Mother Elizabeth Simmons, Sister Phyllis Williams, many others. He said, I bring them with me. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Listen to this. We who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by in no means precede those who are asleep. Look at this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we who are alive and remain and we who are alive and remain shall be help me priestess and say shall be if you can leap one time say caught up together with them in the clouds and thus shall always be with the Lord. And then the last testimony, John writes, stand to your feet as we conclude this message. John writes in Revelation chapter 21, beginning at verse one, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Anybody know God's got something better for you? In fact, help me cross the aisles and touch two people and say, get ready for something greater, better. For I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw a holy city. Somebody shout, New Jerusalem, 
coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. Look at this. And they shall be his Not people of the United States, but they shall be, somebody shout, his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God will put your arms on your neighbor and say, God will wipe away all tears from their eyes and there will be no more pain. Good God, oh, anybody who's ever had pain in your body, you ought to take 30 seconds to give God your best praise. Something, something greater is coming. Get you a praise partner. Come on, Francis, we're changing it up. Get you a praise partner and say, neighbor, something greater is coming. I needed to go through that because God's got a blessing with my name on it. I need 100 folk to run to this altar, look me in the face, and say something greater with my name on it. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Greater is coming. Come on, greater is coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Somebody get ready. Grab somebody by the hand and say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. It won't be like this always. God's got something greater is coming. No more tears, no more pain. Anybody know God's gonna turn your situation around? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, quiet teller. Come on. Come on, lift those hands all over this place. Listen. If it had not been for the shaking, I never would have been ready for the making. If you want something greater, if, it had not if you expect the something peak, greater, I would stand in the aisles, stand at the altar. If it had not been for the pressing, Ooh. I wouldn't be able to walk into my destiny. Ooh. He's preparing me. Anybody know he's preparing? Preparing me. Preparing me for greater. Ooh. I feel a shaking in the spirit. Look at somebody say, I feel it. I, I feel, feel it. a beating in the spirit. Ooh. I feel a pressing in the spirit. He's preparing me for greater. I feel
feel a shaking in the spirit. Somebody I feel God. a beating in the spirit. Yeah, yeah. God, I feel God. a pressing in the spirit. Ooh. And he's preparing me for greater. If it had not been, lift those hands I on. never would If it had not been for the beating, God I would never knew how anointed If it had not been for the pressing I wouldn't be able to walk into my destiny He's preparing me Those hands and you feel like God is doing something. I feel a presence. He's preparing me. I feel a shaking. I feel a those hands all over this place here's what Peter says although the day of the Lord is coming but nevertheless we have his promise <laughs> that we shall experience a new heaven and a new earth Whew. God's gonna do something greater than we've ever seen before listen to the word and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more sorrow and no more pain for the former things are pass away the only way you can get something greater that you've got to have a relationship with God right now. Don't miss this. I need you to hear this. The earth will be destroyed. It shall come as a thief in the night. Everything on the earth will melt with a fervent heat. <laughs> but the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we that are alive and remain, we don't have to go through this. We'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Here's my question for you. Where do you stand with your relationship with the Lord? Do you qualify for something greater? <laughs> do you have a relationship with God right now? Listen to this, that if God was to crack the sky right now, you can say, here am I, Lord. I'm ready. Ooh. Amen.
it will end. It will not last forever. Peter says, don't, don't be discouraged because it hasn't ended yet. Just know that it's going to end. The question is that when God cracks the sky, <laughs> I want to meet him in the air. You don't have to be perfect, just forgiven. Amen. Where do you stand? Close those eyes. Now, this is personal. If you want your relationship with God to be in a place where it isn't right now, you need to be stronger. You need that kind of relationship. See, I would never be ashamed to tell the Lord, here am I, Lord. Because it's not your friends that could save you. When the earth melts, your friends that don't know the Lord, they have no relationship, will perish with the earth. But to those of us who are believers, those of you who trust God, we're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. This is your moment. Listen. After this prayer, wherever you are, if you just want that relationship with God to be better than what it is, if you want to establish that, then I want you to just meet me at the altar. Because listen, it may be tonight. On this coming Tuesday, I'm going to teach for Matthews 24, the signs of the time. On Tuesday, I'm going to share with you all these things Jesus says must happen before the end. And you can check them off. They all have happened or they are happening right now. <laughs> so the question is, it may be tomorrow. It may be next week. Where do you stand? Ooh, let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this message and this series. Thank you for this question. Thank you for reminding us that we can qualify for something greater. Greater than this old world. Anything it has to offer. We say thank you. Bless those who are not yet believers. Perhaps somebody is sitting home discouraged right now, viewing by way of internet. Perhaps someone is listening by way of radio. Touch their hearts right now, Lord. Let them know that they too must get ready for the day in which it will all end. And this world as we know it will no longer exist. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the promise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And those that know God's word is true, say amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, it will end. Ooh, it will.
Come on, if you want, come meet me at this altar right here. Where, if you want your relationship with God, come on, just, uh, I bless you. That's right. If you want to join the church, if you want to make that commitment, it's coming. Thank you, brother. Thank God for you, man. Others are coming. Come on, baby. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. Come on, brothers. Others are coming to the altar. Look at somebody and say, greater. Where do you stand? This is between you and God right now. Where do you stand? Amen. Where do you stand right now? Amen. Anyone walk down those aisles and clap those hands, give God a hand of praise for these. Come on and clap those hands for God. Amen. Let me say we're so happy to see Elder Sarah Franklin back in our service. Sarah, God bless you.